What's good, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Inside the Green Room. With Danny Green, I'm Harrison Sanford. We're going to break down all the action that we saw in the NBA on Wednesday night. Tuesday night, Danny was kind of too quiet for my taste. I know it's election night, but bruh, we could at least have one game, Alvin Adam Silver. Just one game. It was kind of weak that there was no games going on. Just one. I understand people got to cast their vote, but, you know, just one would have been nice. Even still, even still, 14 games on a Wednesday night as we get into the beginning parts of this season. A lot to break down. A lot's going on. But before we get to the game breakdown, Danny, can we have a little bit of a wardrobe breakdown real quick? Of course. Let's do it, bro. And I'm saying that because, as you guys know, it's obviously also football season. There was a big time game on Sunday night. The Philadelphia Eagles we're hosting the Dallas Cowboys. And if you don't know, that's one of the best rivalries in the NFL. And I'm bringing it up on a basketball show because Grant Williams participated in it. How? He wore a Philadelphia Eagles jersey after the Dallas Mavericks beat the had their game uh, against the Charlotte Hornets. Now, what did he do? Well, Grant Williams, playing for the Dallas Mavericks, wore a Philadelphia Eagles Jason Kelsey jersey. Man. Certain cities you can get away with this, Danny. Certain games you can get away with this. But why? But why would Grant Williams bark up that tree? He's getting some. He's gotten some attention on Twitter for it. Uh, I'm wondering in your history, uh, have you you've probably seen it before? And uh-huh. obviously, guys have their allegiances. But I feel like there's just certain matchups, certain rivalries you just don't touch. Yeah, um, I think he's taking it for granted the niceness of the Texas fans out there. Because I'm sure he wouldn't think twice about doing no, nothing like that in Philly. Like if he had a cow, like if he was gonna wear a Cowboys jersey while while playing for the Sixers, oh, it'd be a wrap. Oh man, <laughs> he, wouldn't, he wouldn't make it out of his house, uh, and let alone I don't know if he went to the games. It'd be rough, you know. There were some incidents we've had in the past in Philly here where uh, some of the players have worn opposing teams' jerseys and have gotten into some scuffles. I don't know if you remember this or not, H. No, uh, Mike Scott. Um, had gotten to a little scuffle and uh, oh, yeah. not to bring not to bring up not to bring up no crazy bad news, but yeah. And he had a not he had a knockout. Or he had a punch a fan or something like that, right? Yeah, fans rolled up on him something crazy. They tried to jump him, I think, and he had to get out of there. We had security help him. A little hey, scuffle, bro. man. You can't be wearing opposite jerseys out here in Philly, man. They they might they coming for you, but Mike Scott he a G held it down, uh, made sure he took care of himself, protected himself. But it's just dangerous in the streets, man. You can't be wearing op- opposing jerseys. Bro, I remember I was in Boston, and it was around the same time that the Yankees were in the playoffs, and I wore a Yankee hat out. And my dumb ass thought, as a single man, you know, sometimes I'm outside in the streets. Uh, I, as a single man, I thought I could go to the bar and still do my thing. Oh, yeah. bro. I, I, I could have been, been Michael B. Jordan. I could have been dancing. I could have been dancing interest. There's no way you would have get any type of love wearing certain colors, certain hats, certain jerseys in certain certain cities. Boston don't play that. Philly don't play that. It don't matter. New York ain't playing. They on your ass, boy. (laughs) (laughs) I think no, no. New York, you could get away with it because I think it's such a a, it's it's a it's a city that depending on the team and depending on the part of and depending on the part of town. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> won't catch you uptown with a Boston Red Sox. A, a Red Sox? Sure. Yeah, that's not a that's not where you <laughs> where you need to go, bro. Dangerous. 
Have you ever? I mean, but you're. I mean, you don't have. Do you have a team outside of the basketball, outside of UNC, that like you feel that much of of support of? Oh, and I know you've had no. teammates like Kyle Lowry was a big Kyle Lowry rock for the gear all year round. Yeah, he's from right? Philly. You know what I'm saying I yeah, was never raised as I was never raised a sports a New York sports fan. Thank God because during my time as a kid it was it was rough. Come on over to the dark side, bro. Awesome. And um but they the New York sports teams have had good ups like they've gotten better now. Um Yankees always been good so I was a, a decently Yankees fan. I was more of a fan of certain players. Mm. Uh, so even when I played football I was a fan of certain quarterbacks. Um, when I watched certain other sports, I was a fan of certain, you know, and certain teams of certain years, I was a fan of the underdog teams. But when I was a kid, I will say this, because you mean my brother is so close in age, we play all the video games against each other. And when we did play Madden, he was always a big Cowboys fan. He loved running the ball with Emmitt Smith. Mm. I was I was a Niners fan when I was younger. Um, and that was like the two, you know, Thanksgiving, yeah, I think. Those, that's, yeah. That was, that was the, the games we used to watch. So anytime we put the Cowboys, I was... You know, Niners, you know, Steve Young, Jerry Rice. We had T.O. when he was younger. Um, they had a squad, but that Ricky was a team that I would pick. I would Mer- pick Mer- that team Merkin when Hanks. I was playing football. Yeah, right? I would pick certain Young. teams. I would have yeah. 49ers, and then one year it would be like Vikings. You had Randy Moss, Dante Culpepper, a couple guys. You know what I'm saying? They had a little squad. Um, but I was more of players fans than team fans. Question for you, and then we'll, we'll get to some basketball stuff. I know mm-hmm. you're a hoop head for sure. This son, there's 14 games in the let's say there's 14 games in the NBA, mm-hmm. but there's also NFL Sunday. Let's say the NBA did what they just did today. Mm-hmm. What are you watching? Are you watching the NBA? Are you watching the NFL? NBA, Damn. more important, more important. NFL mostly. I, I, I stopped watching NFL as much until playoffs like about five years ago, is when I kind of stopped to be 100% with you, bro. Most of the time I watch sports is for homework reasons homework purposes only if i have a team we're about to face or if i need to see if i'm scouting something a lot of times if i'm playing and it's regular season i'm coming home and i'm i'm gonna say i have a rule but it's no sports i'm coming home to relax and keep my mind on sports and watching tv series or movies or tv shows unless it's a big game where it's like i want to see what this team matchup against this team does most of the time i'm not really watching sports unless it's for homework purposes hey daddy nothing beats the drama of an NFL Sunday, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> but I, but I understand we could we could talk about we could talk about that uh, a, a much more maybe later on the show we will. Let's get let's get let's get to hoops because uh, I could talk about the NFL for a while. Uh, okay, so tonight, uh, Wednesday night, uh, there was a bunch of games that happened. Uh, a lot of them, I don't know if they have a real long term impact on how we view teams, but I do want to talk about a new configuration that we see in the NBA, and that is the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, James Harden is now a member of the squad. I was in Madison Square Garden for their debut as a new starting lineup on Monday night. Uh, It looked good, but it also looked bad, and it also gave causes for concern. Under the James Harden era, they are now 0-2 on the season. Some people might say you give them a break. A road trip to New York City ain't bad, if you know what I mean. Uh, With that being said, what are your impressions of how uh, how the Harden Clippers are looking through their first two games. At first, um, all right, there's there's a multitude of thoughts that came throughout this whole process. One, it's too early. It's too early to tell. Mm. You need to give them time. But at first, when the trade happened, I said, mind you, James is still getting to rhythm, trying to figure out himself. He hasn't played in training camp much. He hasn't played in regular season first four or five games. So he's had to 
get some time to get his legs up under him. Um, but he does look like he's in pretty good shape. But rhythm, not in rhythm. Them in rhythm and chemistry-wise, definitely not. They have a lot of talent. They have a lot of pieces that are capable pieces of scoring. Uh, right now, they're not doing that. You know, they have a multitude of guys that can put up 20, 30 a night. You would expect them to average about 120. Uh, I think the last two games, they've been under 100, if I'm not mistaken. I know the against the Knicks, it was very low scoring. And tonight, I think they scored. Tonight, know, they had 90, tonight, they had 93, 93 overall, 93 points overall, shot eight of 36 from three, only got to the free throw line 13 times, which could be a cause for concern against the Knicks. Yes. They lost 111 to 97, allowed Julius Randle to get his first 27 point game or 25 point plus game of the season. I think it's the first time Julius hit over 20 this season, mm. if I'm being honest with you. But yeah, I they don't didn't know. Shoot, he, I think he's had over 20. Shot, they they haven't shot, shot well. Too well. They shot well, really. They shot really well. Um, the last two games, I think the Knicks have. I watched mm-hmm. them against the Spurs tonight. They came out hot. But um, the cause yeah, overall, concern, overall from the field, Sixers, I mean, uh, Clippers tonight against the against the uh, Brooklyn Nets, 36 of 91, 35% from the field. So 30, so 39% ain't good, 22% from three ain't good. And when you have a team like, when you have a team that features James Harden and Kawhi Leonard, feels like 13 free throw attempts is almost unacceptable. All right, that's that. Uh, those are so, the stats for you. For sure. Back to my thoughts and concerns from the start of the trade was who's going to play the defense. You got... A lot of guys, a couple of guys that are very capable, but haven't had to carry that load in a while. You know what I'm saying? PG is a very good defender, so is Kawhi, but they've always had other guys around them to help carry that that load defensively with another rim protector. They still have Zoo back there, but when you have a bunch of scorers, naturally, they're not as locked in for 48 minutes and putting in that effort on the defensive end of the floor. So when you start all four of those guys, it's like you better score or outscore teams because if you don't, you're lacking a lot. You're missing out or losing a lot defensively. And I think that's what they lost in the trade with the the, the four guys they traded away, the depth and the defensive rebounding. Now, Tuck, P.J. Tucker, be one of the defensive guys who will take some charges, give you some grit, um, can only do but so much. So... Once again, the concern for me was when the trade happened is who's going to be a defensive stopper, especially on the perimeter. Where are you going to find the defense outside of Zoo at the rim? Who else is going to be a rim protector? Um, who else besides Norm off the bench is going to give you something? Bones is not playing as much. Uh, Terrence Mann, I think his minutes is down. Um, so it still, it's still too early, but there is some cause for concern for me on the defensive end, especially with the fact that the offense is not scoring right now. So... Until they find the rhythm and have offense scoring, you better find somewhere on the defensive end to be able to hold teams under 100, which is going to be tough to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I think in this NBA, you might as well try and outscore them because teams are going to mm-hmm. get to 100 one way or another. With that being said, I think, you know, what's interesting, as I was watching it, as I was watching them play at MSG Monday night, I was like, it, it reminded me just how damn good James Harden is as a passer. Like his mm-hmm. ability, like the passes he makes, his IQ with the passes, and I'm saying to myself, man, Zubak might turn into a double double guy off off the strength of James because his rolls to the rim, James is gonna find him, and you you you'd be making a mistake. You'd be making a mistake leaving Paul George or Kawhi open if you try to cheat on that role. For sure. So it feels like it could be. Uh, it feels like the offense could do its thing. However, however, Danny. As I was watching the game on Monday night, I was saying to myself, 
here's there's two issues. Number one, they're always going to leave Westbrook open, which is why I believe eventually he should be the sixth man. He should be leading the second unit, and you should start. They should start Terrence Mann when he becomes mm-hmm. healthy. That could be that could happen their next game. He's been out for the last two games at the very least. That's number one, and I think Tyloo will eventually get there where he puts Westbrook off the bench, and I hope Westbrook doesn't see that as a demotion because mm-hmm. it allow it'll allow him to you know be the best version of himself and the team, in my opinion, too. The other thing, other thing as well. I started to see it, Danny, and I could only imagine, like, I could imagine you, you might get frustrated if you only get two looks, right? Mm-hmm. I could imagine what it feels like if you're Kawhi, I can't <laughs> even imagine, but right? if you're Kawhi, if you're Paul George, if you're Westbrook, and you're like, hey, I should just take this shot. This is a good, this is a good shot for me. All right, I'm 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 Kawhi, I'm Paul George, I'm James Harden, I'm Russell Westbrook. I'm taking the shot. It's a good shot. You used to getting and, twenty to twenty five, and only getting fifteen or twelve, yes, twelve to fifteen. It's a yes, it can, it can build up. Yeah, you got to build one. You try, you're trying to get your rhythm. So like these guys are used to getting a certain amount of shots, so that they can shoot well overall. So like one, not having a shooting rhythm is going to be very difficult for them to figure to get to that point where they're comfortable. With that, and then also too, just like uh, the 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 fra- how fragmented the office can be when somebody just breaks off and does their own thing. So I think that's going to be the biggest challenge for them trying to find a rhythm. And you and you could talk about it, like trying to have a rhythm with with a minimal amount of shots is one of the most difficult things for any player. And I think that's the other concern that I had um, is offensively is I wouldn't say they have too many guys that need the ball in their hands a lot, but. Kind of, sort of that deal. Um, yeah, not ca- they're not even, ca- they're even, not catch and shoot guys. No, and even with Russ coming off the bench, he's still going to share the floor with James a lot. And the fact that James is going to have to split time off the ball, he's not going to be able to make the passes that you're saying. The IQ making the plays, mind you, Kawhi's used to having the ball a lot more in his hands. PG's used to having the ball. I already thought it was a lot of adjusting for PG and Kawhi with Russ being there because he needed the ball in his hands, even though they meshed and made it work and they're still making it work and it was something that they were trying to figure out now you add james to that and it's like damn now they're splitting even more time with not having the ball in their hands as much so them trying to figure it out is going to be harder for all those guys to get into rhythm and stay in rhythm um so that's why i say you know a lot of that's going to have to come for them to win games defensive end of the floor they have to figure something out to where you know they can get more opportunities offensively so the more turnovers the more stops they get the more pace they get up, the more shots, the more rhythm those other guys can can stay in rhythm. You know, the more opportunities you need, more shots. And a team that's doing that really well is Indiana. <laughs> uh, oh, Indiana! Put, enough, yeah, they're putting yeah. up numbers right now, bro. Like they put up high scores, and even the other night there was some high scores. Uh, putting up 150 some points is crazy. Yeah, no, pace, pace is everything, uh, particularly in this NBA and right now. Uh, as I looked at it, I think the Clippers were middle of the pack in terms of pace, but obviously when you bring a guy like James in, he just plays at a... It's interesting because Westbrook plays at one pace and Harden plays mm-hmm. at a totally different other, and they're going to have to try and find the the balance between those two. going to be an interesting experiment, but I, I still can't be convinced, Danny, that they don't have a shot to beat anybody, anybody, uh, when it comes down. Uh, to the Western Conference playoffs. All right, real quick before we go to break, uh, Sixers took down the Boston Celtics tonight. Uh, Celtics coming in with one of the highest rated offenses in the NBA, and it feels like uh, it's going to be that way all year long because they are launching threes. But tonight, 
did not pay out in their favor as they lost to the Sixers. Uh, Joel Embiid, once again, balling at home. Tyrese Maxey, not as efficient from the field, but a win is a win is a win is a win. Your thoughts on the Sixers, uh, I guess, first Sixers' first signature win of the year. They beat the Phoenix Suns last Saturday, but no Devin Booker, no Bradley Beal. This one puts some validation on how they're set up, I think. Yeah. Okay. So first, we get into the Boston Celtics Sixers game before yeah, we get to the Suns. Yeah. Yeah. No, we will talk about the Suns later on in the show. But you're just your right. thoughts on the game between the Sixers and the and the Boston Celtics. Three. Your three. Give me actually. Give me your three take. Your three biggest takeaways. Man. Um, you know, Philly can be really good when they want to be. They are deep. They have a lot of depth. Tyrese, even though didn't shoot well from three or from the perimeter, he did make a lot of floaters. And he played. He made some big defensive plays in this game. You had a, two blocks that were pretty impactful. Uh, Joel is obviously a force, but you know they showed a little bit of maturity, but you can still see there was some some mental lapses toward the end. There was about a 15 point lead with like four minutes to go, and they let Boston back in it. You know, a couple simple turnovers, miscommunication, gave up some threes, gave up an one, let Porzingis get hot, and actually Porzingis had a chance to tie. Uh, back in the day, those are the games that Philly normally probably would lose or end up going to overtime. Um, the fact that they closed out the win and, and still, you know, got it done shows some maturity. And I think some of the adjustments that Nick will make in the third and fourth quarter in the second half, um, they've been one of the better teams in the third quarters, which shows you his adjustments. Um, so in that aspect, they could be one of the top teams in the East. That's a, a you know, a good takeaway the way you said they're, I guess, trusting each other, moving the ball, playing free. Uh but for Boston, Boston just had a rough night as well. So it could be a good takeaway for them that we only lost by three points. Jalen Brown had a struggled night. Drew didn't play his normal game. Um, you know, it, it was a rough shooting night for them, um, from my understanding. Uh, I didn't look at the numbers, but that's what I saw when I watched the game. But it was a hard fought game. And I said, right now, so it's so, so early. It's hard to tell who was the best team in the league. But both teams have a lot of good things to take away from this game, which was a, a really good challenge. You know, Danny, in the as I uh, also obviously cover the NFL and I do a lot of NFL betting, uh, one of the things that I look at is second half production in terms of second half scoring, second half uh, time of possession. That's in the NFL. And I think for me, at least, is how I evaluate how good a head coach is and their, mm -hmm. their ability to make adjustments. Because in the NFL, you got to make adjustments for sure. You can't just rely on the talent on the field. Uh, and you brought out something and it made me look it up. You're right. Philadelphia is damn good in the third quarter. Actually, right now, uh, their average margin, uh, average scoring margin in the third quarter, 6.7 points. Number one in the NBA, for those who care, Dallas Mavericks, Denver Nuggets, Golden State Warriors, and Atlanta Hawks rounding out that top five. So when you hear that, uh, when you, I guess you already know you've been in that locker room and you've been with Coach Nurse. Uh, what are those second half adjustments like? And are you attribute? I'm assuming you're attributing how well the Sixers play in that third quarter to Nick and the staff, the developing what is going, looking at what happened in the first half, and trying to understand, trying to implement new changes for the second half, as opposed to just you know some people say, oh, they just played harder in the third quarter. Nah, mm -hmm. sometimes it really has. Sometimes the credit has to. It's go a combination. It's a combination of both, you know. And obviously, I think uh, them getting Joel and Tyrese to step up the aggression in that third quarter early and just pushing them, but watching over the film, looking at the film, certain things they see that teams are doing and they make small adjustments, but in the same breath, it's like um, constructively criticizing to get them to, you know, play a little harder as well. Like, all right, Tyrese, we're going to need you to, you know, 
be more aggressive to Joel. We need you to you know put some, some pressure on the paint. But in the same breath, it's like, all right, they're playing zone. This is what we need to do. When we do this, you can find this guy. So those small adjustments give you extra three or four baskets um, from the jump. So I just think they come in locked in, a little more focused uh, after that halftime and after that film session. And I think also said they play a little harder, but you know he's getting you know, Tyrese and Joel to be a little more aggressive when, when they're coming out in that third quarter. Obviously, Joel had a 30-point third quarter the other night, which gives you a little boost in the standings. Um, that's not going to happen every night, but if you can get him to enforce his will on the paint, it, it makes a big difference. Yeah, we'll definitely be talking about the Sixers throughout the entirety of the season, as I believe Joel Embiid is going to get his second MVP and go back to back with it. Maybe we'll have our MVP rankings uh, when we come back, and or maybe we'll react to uh, Giannis getting kicked out of a game Tuesday, Wednesday night, or maybe we just react to it all. Stay tuned. We'll be right back inside the green room after the break. Back with more Inside the Green Room, one of my favorite segments, and hopefully yours too. Time to run the pick and roll, y'all. We'll talk about a couple of topics in the world of sports. We'll ask a couple would-you-rather questions or just put Danny in that circumstance. So first one, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo got kicked out of the Bucks' win on Wednesday night against the Detroit mm-hmm. Pistons. This is after he flexed on Isaiah Stewart after dunking over him. It was his second technical of the game, so he was up and out of there. NBA Twitter's not too happy because a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo shouldn't be getting kicked out of a regular season game, at least not for that, in my opinion. With that being said, we can talk about that in a bit. Uh, Danny, it's specifically a playoff game now. Keep this to only a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Would you rather get kicked out of a game for a technical foul or log a DNP in a playoff game? Now, you log, you get kicked out of the game. You got to deal with the frustration of not finishing the game. You're going to lose some money. Or, but at the same time, or you could just be sitting on the bench the whole game. And as somebody who's played a lot of playoff minutes, you might feel a certain type of way about that. What would you, you have to pick one. What do you take? For sure. I think this is an easy one. Um, I'm going to go with the kicked out, kicked out for technical. At least I'm in the game to impact the game. Um, but you could have done it. You could have, yeah, you could have done something bad. You could have caused Maybe. some harm. By the technical. Maybe, but at least I'm doing some type of impacting on the game. I would like <laughs> to think. Good or, good or bad. <laughs> I, I would like to think my impact would be good, and at least I got to play in the game. So before I got kicked out, I had to, I got a chance to log in some minutes. Now, whether the technical is good or bad results, hopefully it riles my team up to play better, but I think I'm going to go with getting kicked out instead of the DMP. For sure. Is there a is there a technical that you've gotten in your career that still pisses you off to this day? There's a bunch of them. I, I only have, I don't think I'll have like maybe 10 or under, but there's like, there was one year where I got like four or five and they were just very, very like dumb technical. They were like, they weren't worth it anyway. They were very trivial. They're very like for dumb stuff of like small reactions. Cause you couldn't react at all. And I'll be like, Oh, it's a bad call. You know, I'll get a technical, if you're going to get technical, you can make it worth it. You at least get, you know, a couple cuss words out, cuss the ref out. You know, I didn't even get those in some of my technicals. So, yeah, no, I understand. I think, I think, yeah, you got to log, you got to log the minutes and get kicked out the game for the tech. For the, sure. The, the, the DMP is not, is not where it's at. The DMP uh-huh. is not where it's at. No, not, not for sure. Even though if that, if that technical 
leads to like a bucket or two, and depending on when that technical is, another team wins. No, there could and, be it could be some damage for technicals getting kicked out of the game for sure. I'd like to yeah. think not playing, depending on what you're like, what you mean to the team. Mm-hmm. It, it, I think it'd be more harmful if you're not playing at all. At least yeah. you're in the game for some. We don't know how long. I think Giannis played 22 minutes tonight. So at least you're playing 22 minutes. Hopefully the technicals, those two points don't affect or outweigh the 22 minutes that you play. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, also Wednesday night, Anthony Edwards, Danny, he's about to be one of those ones. He balled out. No, again he's already one of those ones. Yeah, he's a, you're right. He's already one yeah. of those ones. 25 points against the New Orleans Pelicans. And what I really love about Anthony Edwards games is the pride that he takes on the defensive side of the ball as yeah. well. We saw a couple really good defensive moments from him and the Timberwolves on Monday night as they took out the Boston Celtics, a matchup of two of the top teams in terms of defense and offense in the NBA. It was a lot of fun to watch, uh, but it was also a lot of fun. It was to read uh, these rankings that came out by ESPN and it was a poll conducted uh, by Tim Bontemps and a handful of other writers uh, trying to figure out who are the top 25 players based on potential in the NBA that are under Is that 25. what it said? It, it said based yes. on potential? Yes, it said based on potential. Because I already see your face. I already see your face. All right. Uh, here was the top five. Number one, Luka Doncic. Number two, Anthony Edwards. Number three, Victor Webinyama. Number four, Tyrese Halliburton. Number five, Job Morant. What's wrong with the list? A lot. Um, if you're going strictly based off potential, then obviously Victor Wamiyama is number one. Seven four, uh, 19 years old with an upside of, you know, sky's the limit. You know, the moon. I mean, he he has un- unbelievable there is potential. No li- there is no limit. There is no limit there. So, But you can't make a list based off potential in my eyes. And for my opinion, in my opinion, for any of these lists, we cannot put any of these rookies on there unless they complete a full season. In the NBA, like we had Scoot Henderson above Russell Westbrook, we got Wembenyam in there. He does oh, that, look was, good. that was like the top 100 rank. They put Scoot Henderson above him. Come or on, something like that. So we we just yeah, have these nuts. rookies. You can't put these rookies in there until they complete an NBA season. In my opinion, I don't think it's fair. You're putting a lot of pressure, and also you're you're discrediting guys hey, that are putting hey, work. Hey, ain't nothing with no ain't nothing wrong with pressure, Daddy. Ain't no wrong. Ain't no wrong with that. But for the more important part is you're discrediting the guys that have earned their spot to be in those places. Well, and the, the, the argument could be, we saw what you got, and it's still not better than nah, what the bro. potential is of you this guy. That's true. This guy being better than a guy that has actually made a staple of himself and put in work in this game for some of them decades. Some of these guys have done it for decades. All right. All right. Yeah, but, but let's, some let's, of these guys above keep... top 75 guys. It's crazy. You can't tell. Yeah. These, so you're not talking about nuts. this. You're not talking about this list in general. You're talking about, talking your about every list. You're talking about your beef every with all list. these rankings. Well, listen, it, hey, listen, it's not, it, it's, there's nothing wrong with saying we've seen what you do. No, we've seen, w- we've seen what you're capable of, and it's not going to be better than what this guy projects to be. No, that's just what not. it is. You could look that's, at a player and say, he's never going to have a jump shot. He's never going to, he he's, has a weak left hand or weak or opposite hand. He doesn't have defensive abilities to move at a certain rate, or he doesn't have a certain length. This is what his this is what he's going to project to be, even if he maxes out. And the other and the the list or these rankings say, well, this guy, yes, he hasn't played as much, but look at his measurables. Look at his athleticism. <laughs> look at his at all, look at his comparison. shooting form. He's going to project to be better. Stop, bro. Stop. So 
all these rankings are based off projection of what these players will be compared to you can't it's a mix so it's like it's it's very hypocritical you can't put guys in there that have what they've done to guys of what they might be that's it's how, a list that's of how. what guys are that's what it should be this is what they are right now and if these dudes have not played yet <laughs> they can't be on the list because these other guys have shown what they are what they can do Nah, that's bro. as simple but, as that but, now if you're but, but, strictly based off potential that's a different thing still wrong there is something wrong with putting a guy ahead of a guy based off his potential of what a, a guy has actually done in this league and discredited i understand your premise but sometimes you got to look at somebody and say yo that person's going to project to be better because we've seen what this that's person fine. did we know that their it max doesn't matter. is I don't care three and the other guy's max is an eight Regardless of how well the guy who finished at the three is, the can't of how be on the list. Played. Can't be on the list, bro, because everybody on the list is based off what their performance was. This guy was a six. This guy was a seven. That's why he's here. This guy was a three. This guy was. A, this guy hasn't played yet, so we're just potentially saying he could be a nine, but we don't even know yet. So you can't have guys that are set and guys with potential. Like, I mean, like you can't do it, bro. You can't I, mix I, it. Mix him. It's a hypocritical st- list to me. I I I totally understand where this it's list like, is getting. This at. is where There's this guy no is based off the his, list. They go by each season. It goes by each season. This is why this guy is at this point. Based off last season's performance, he's at number forty-three. This guy yeah, is based it, off. You can't do that, bro. Because these guys yeah, didn't have a last season. This 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 is the but that's but that's the job of projecting. You got to project talent. You got to project how they fit. How they that's, the type that's of impact they the can have on the because game. Because it's not a projection. It's just what they rank, like, because these guys, it's not like overprojecting Russell Westbrook to have a 40. No, it's what he was last year. This is where we're putting him as of last year. It's not a projection. It's what his results were. But then you're also, you could be projecting a decline, and you could be projecting a rise in, in production. I'm saying, hey, listen. They're not doing a projection. Don't knock on these lists. These, these uh, lists keep the internet terrible. going. They're going to continue to be shitty if they don't change the fact that you can't keep putting guys that have not played an NBA season on them. And ahead of guys that have 10, 15 years of service, eight years of service, you can't do that when you haven't played a game. Now, if you played at least a season, okay, but all right, this guy had a really great season. I could see him being above, you know, 200 other guys or 150. You know what I'm saying? I did a, I did a show uh, with your guy, uh, John Henson, former UNC Hooper. Played mm-hmm. nine years in the league. Did it today, actually, on Stadium Network. You guys can watch every day at 3 p.m. Eastern. Sometimes Sham Sharania pops up uh, to break some news. Um, yeah, so I was talking to him, and we actually did a ranking of the top number one picks since 2019. And mm-hmm. I put Anthony Edwards at number one, and I put Wembenyama number two. He's still... Since 2019? Since, since 2019. 2019. So so you have Kate. You have Kate Cunningham is also there. Paolo Banchero is there. Mm-hmm. Um and Zion Williamson. So it's Zion, Anthony Edwards, uh, Wemby, Cade Cunningham, and Paolo Banchero. And I had Anthony Edwards number one. I had Wemby number two, and I put uh I forget. I think I put Banch. I put Banchero at number five. And he bad list. I, I think the same uh, the same vibe you're about to be it's on. Bad I list. Think. <laughs> he put Wemby at number five. I'm like, bro, I don't need to see 25 yes, games do. or 50 games of Webinyama to know bro. he's a better number one pick than Kate Cunningham. No, you what are we no, doing yes, here? Do. Why do yes you do? Oh my god. Yes, you do. It, 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 it's the former players who feel this way. But you Cade, have to be able played to play a couple years and he actually averaged he played like one year. He played he did play last year. No. He played one year. 
He played part of the year, but he averaged like his he almost rookie of the year his first year. He came back and was averaging 20, 30. He's getting thirty points. If Wemby if Wemby does what he's doing right now, yeah, that's if, not gonna that's which that's why you can't it's a bad list. You can't go off of if. If if was a fifth, we all be drunk, Harrison. Uh he's number five. And Harris and Henson uh, had it right. He knows the game, bro. You can't put guys ahead of guys that haven't played a full season. Yes, you guys, you, see you, you hoopers just feel a certain season. type of way. Yeah, it's just you guys are gatekeeping. You don't, you won't, you don't want to let the young bulls in. That's all that is. You don't want to let the Bro. young bulls in. That's imagine, that's if, imagine if Anthony Bennett had one great year. <laughs> all right, well, yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right. come on, bro, you don't yeah, know when I, he's gonna be. Yeah, he has yeah, a lot of potential, but you don't know what's gonna happen after you. He could, he could turn into Bull Bull after one year. Moving on. Then, all right, then what? Your prediction looks crazy. <laughs> All right, let's, let's let's stick with the uh, college theme for a little bit because I mentioned your guy John Henson. Uh, in the world of sports, college football now, Michigan uh, could be under uh, some immense punishment here for an alleged sign stealing scandal, uh, a big controversy in the Big Ten in the world of college football. Uh, they were, it has been reported, uh, and there's video of it of them going to extreme lengths to steal signs uh, from other teams, mm-hmm. whether that is uh, sending players to the game, whether it's sending uh, staff to another opposing team's game or even dress, even having staff members dress up as members of opposing uh, football members of the staff and being on the sideline for the game. It's absolutely out of control. Uh, but it brings me to my next question, Danny. Let's just say, let's just say um, when you went to UNC, mm-hmm. let's just say you got paid. Now you can get paid now, NIL is legal, but when back in your day it wasn't. So let's just mm-hmm. say you got a million dollars to play basketball at the University of North Carolina. A million dollars. You and you still have your title. Let's say it comes out right now. 2024, uh or 2023 headline, tomorrow's headline. Danny Green, uh winner of NCAA title uh with North Carolina, uh had a, a million dollar payment to sign to the Tar Heels. And they said, you can either give back the money or you can keep your 2009 NCAA title. What do you do? So question, if I give back the money, does it still become a headline? Do people still know about it? Oh, it's already a headline. It's already a headline. Headline's already out. You're so already people are already going to think that I'm cheated and that I don't deserve the 2009 championship is what you're saying. Well, I mean, they'll they'll say you got paid to win it. They're not going to say like you cheated. They, they, Cheating in the sense that you accepted money, but not mm-hmm. in the sense that you cheated like you didn't you were stealing signs like apparently For University sure. of Michigan was. I'm just saying you cheated because you got money. So either you can give the money back and yes. keep your title, and then you get to you keep either you well, keep you, you get the money or you can keep the title. Yes. Given my situation, I'm giving yeah. the money back. Um now that may not be the case for everybody. I've been fortunate and lucky enough to play a good amount of years after in an NBA and make a good amount of salary. So I would be able to give back that money and be okay. So your your North Carolina 2009 title is worth a million dollars. At this point in my career, I I think, yeah. So you're saying if I I give back. I need a load. If I give back, if I don't give back the money, then I'm no longer a 2009 Uh, champion. Yo, Danny, I know you've made some money in your career. I'm, I'm no longer th- you give I mean, a million dollars to be still be seen as an NCAA champion. Listen here, H. I'm already giving Yo. the money, the school, some money. You, how you think you forget <laughs> that I'm already giving the school some money back, bro? Without giving back a damn championship, you're already getting bread for me. 
So yes, <laughs> to keep my ring, I've been fortunate enough to make you know make a good amount of, of money in my career, to where you know that that means more to me of being a champion than that money. Now, wow. now the situation now, if I didn't play 15 years in the league, 10, 15, over a decade in the league, and I didn't make that much money, then I'd probably have to say, you know what? You guys can keep the ring. Here's the ring. I'm keeping this the money. I'm yeah, not I'm keeping this money. Enough. Yeah. But I so said, I've been fortunate enough to where I've been able to either give and give back money to my school um, without having to be, you know, stressed about it. Okay. Hey, all right. All right. Now, hey, uh, wrong hey, here. Hey, guys, listen, if, let me say something. Yeah, let, me let me give you something. There's no scenario. <laughs> now, if I actually didn't play, I think that the process. Now, if I was just a player on the bench, you know what I'm saying, that didn't yeah. play at all and didn't yeah, earn yeah. it. If I was like a, a bench player or you know a, a walk on or something like that, and I was like, I wasn't impactful. Actually, I'm not saying none of those guys. All those guys put in blood, sweat, and tears. Practice day in and day out. Um, but I think being a part of being on the floor every day and, and earning it, yeah. it means a little more. Now, if I said I was a guy that didn't play much at all, if I was a freshman that didn't play at all, I'm keeping that million dollars. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, it's for a sure. Different situation. So yeah. I think me putting my body in line was worth like that million dollars a year for sure to give right. you know, worth fair that brand. Fair enough. Uh, I wouldn't do it. But then again, I haven't played 15 years in the NBA. So I, I can't mm -hmm. I can't understand. I could try, mm -hmm. but I can't. All right, uh, last thing here before we go to break. Uh, Bradley Beal made his debut for the Phoenix Suns on Wednesday night as well. Shot three of 12 from the field, three of six from three. Uh, overall, the Phoenix Suns did manage to get a one-point win in the, over the Chicago Bulls, and the Chicago Bulls are another story that we can talk about on another day. Um, with that being said, we still have not seen the big three yet for the Phoenix Suns. Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant have not all been on the same court at the same time so far. Uh, in this season before we go to break Danny can you make your best big three based on the current NBA uh, roster availability yes. any big three not not one that exists right now your ideal big three and why I put together my own yes all right I'm going with Steph Curry at the one I'm going with LeBron James and my big man it's a toughie. I think I'm going to have to go with. Oh, it's a tough one. I'm, oh, this is between Joel and Jokic. So, there, and, so, so that's so, so you're making this clear. If that you want your victory based off a big, a wing, and a point guard. Yes. Okay. You don't want a victory based on you need wing. A balance. You, don't, you don't. You don't want a Kawhi, nope. KD, nope. Paul George victory. You don't need wanna... a balance. You need a balance. Okay. I need a balance. Okay. I need a point guard. I need a solid backup, of course, but I need a, a solid. I need a great wing, and I need a great big man. And I'm probably I'm leaning toward Jokic because he's more of a passing big, and I feel you can run a lot of offense through him. With you know, Steph is, I feel I'm gonna say underrated. Pat, they're all really good players, but more passing. So they're very good scoring. They do a lot of other things, but they're also great passes, which you can run an offense through either one of them at any point in time. Your role players can still get off and be helpful. So I'm going with those three. Steph Braun and Jokic. Three okay. great passing, unbelievable scorers. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. All right. I'll give my big three next time around when we uh next week when we do another episode. Uh we'll be right back with more inside the green.
Back with more Inside the Green Room. About to wrap up the show and see you guys next week. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, Inside Green Room, and as well on Twitter at Green Room Inside. Before we go to break, Danny, uh, I will tell you this. Uh, tonight was one of those nights. Uh, there was a there was a Christmas in the air. Uh, and it's making me feel as if the holiday season is on the way. This weekend, there's actually some yeah. holiday markets opening up uh, in New York City. I'm probably going to check one or two out. Uh, my question for you before we get to some more basketball talk, uh, when is it too early? Is it too early to watch holiday? What I- holiday? Christmas. Can I start? So can I start watching Christmas start- movies right now? Yes. And listening to Christmas? Yes. They so, are what, playing so what, As soon as it gets cold? Uh, as soon as mid like November hits, mid November. As soon as it's soon, dark by soon five Halloween PM. is over. Yeah, as soon as Halloween's over, that week after that, people are putting up Christmas and getting ready for Christmas. Even though Thanksgiving is the first next holiday, people kind of skip it in terms of movies and cheer and decorating your house. But Christmas time is as soon as Halloween hits is over. The week after that, you're pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I'm sure you're looking forward to your first. Your first holiday season as a father, aren't you? I am. I'm man. Every day as a father is, is amazing. The guy is growing, learning his voice, little new things that uh, uh, you see a human develop is a impressive thing. What? Uh, okay. So now, now that you are uh, back to being a free agent again, what's what's the routine like? Still trying to be in shape, but obviously. Yes. Taking advantage of the opportunity to to, to be uh, as you family. are, you know, first time father. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, during the days, uh, I'm trying to spend as much time with him. I get my workouts in late nights because that's when he sleeps. That's he'll get most of his sleep, and she takes over most of the time. Um, we usually have a night nurse nanny, but it's a little hard to find in this city in Philly. We have one helping during the day, but daytime I'm with him as much time as possible at night. I'll, I'll make sure I get a couple lifts in during the week and make sure I'm getting some shots up and getting some conditioning in, um, you know, for, for some time. So got to stay ready, man. Um, you know, it's, it's a little, I'm going to say disheartening, but uh, strange seeing some of these young guys like Terrence Ross talk about retirement and, um, you know, certain guys at home not getting the calls and knowing that, you know, my body, I know these guys have more left to give in their bodies. You know, so I just don't want that to ever creep in mentally. I think that's the first thing that kind of that gets you. Uh, you get a little down, you get a little disappointed. Some things don't go your way. And then you're thinking like, uh, you know, you can't let let that get into your mind, especially when your body still has a lot left to give. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. You definitely got to, uh, I guess in the words, you got to stay, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. For sure. You got to stay mentally Mentally tough during these times. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and even uh, with that being said, though, uh, even if something were to happen in the next uh, 24, 48 hours, I know you have uh, some respects you want to pay this upcoming weekend. Uh, yeah. So even if something were to happen, it would probably take some time uh, as you have uh, some personal reasons as you'll uh, be off the grid. Not necessarily off the grid, but uh, not available to hoop uh, yes. in the next 24, 48 hours, it would seem. For sure, um, you know it's been a rough, been a rough, I'm gonna say, couple of weeks. But but I had a rough week uh, since the trade has happened. Uh, obviously, the trade has affected me in a way, in a job uh, perspective, uh, and off the court, I've had some family issues. So this weekend, I will be 
laying my grandmother to rest or celebrating her life as you will. Um, before I get to her, I'll see one of pay my respects to Walter Davis, fellow Tar Heel, Matthew Perry, you know, him and his family condolences. These are people that I've always looked up to and watched for decades um, who've shared cheer and brightness and laughter in my life. You know, I'm a big, big friends fan. So I want to show love to him and also my Tar Heels, of course. Um, but more importantly, I've been affected um, to the memories that my grandmother, the most laughter I've gotten in my life, the most joy and happiness is from her. Uh, she was a sweet, beautiful German woman who, uh, made her mark in North Babylon, New York. She was born in the Bronx, uh, raised three great ones, great boys, one being my dad and my uncles. Uh, she was brilliant. Uh, That's where I get my smarts from, uh, even though I'm not as smart as I would like to think I am. Uh, but uh, she loved animals. And uh, like I said, she helped raise my cousins. She helped raise me, you know, all the kids. And you know, I know I made her proud be able to 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 play to carry on the green name but also to play for one of her favorite teams she was a big lakers fan and she mm. loved magic she was loved magic uh, uh but you know carolina she got to see me play i've had her for 36 years of my life i've been very fortunate this is the first passing in my family that i've had since i've been alive so i've been very lucky in that aspect i've never had to lay anyone else to rest this is the first um but you know with things like this it brings the family closer together it also brings you to ask questions and learn more about your family background, um, her and her mother and how they came, like what, what made you come to North Babylon? Um, but there were so many things that I wanted to say about her in a caption on Instagram, but I just felt like it, there's not enough words, you know? And I guess the best way to describe her to show how much she meant to me would be here. And uh, she meant the world to me, man. Uh, her and of course my new baby, my new son, they are my two worlds. And unfortunately, I took the time for granted and two of my worlds could not meet. meet. Um, that's uh, one of the very few regrets I have. But I know she's proud. She got a chance to see his pictures. She got a chance to see that he was here in this world and see what he looked like. Uh, but yeah, it was a tough one. It was a tough one. But uh, she knows that I loved her. She knows that her family loved her, her grandchildren, great-grandchildren, her boys. We're going to celebrate her, send her off the right way. And um, I know that, you know, she can rest peacefully. I'm, I'm glad that somebody was there with her. She wasn't alone. And um, she went in her sleep. So, you know, she had a great life, man. She lived 79 years. And uh, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, she she did all she could for us and I did all I could to make her proud and all of us did. So yeah. Um, I appreciate you guys and everybody else sending love Instagram and checking in. So thank you. Uh, but the family's doing well, holding strong and we're going to carry on her legacy as best we can because you know, she was the starter of it all uh, of the green boys. Yeah, much yeah, much respect to your grandmother, and uh, obviously it's a difficult thing to deal with. Uh, so I can I can't imagine. Obviously, there is that, you know, you do wish that your son had had met her, but hope you know. Depending on how you view the afterlife, hopefully, uh, she is viewing him down uh, for sure, down on him with with a big smile on her face. A hundred percent. And I don't know if you know this, but um, a lot of people say that 
when babies start to talk, they're they're talking to the spirits or the angels, and hmm. he's starting to learn his voice, and he's doing a lot of talking now. Um, and they're like, "Oh, he's talking to your grandmother, man." So, yeah, that's all. That always brings me joy that uh that I know she she got a chance to see his picture before she passed. Um, you know, it's crazy because I was supposed to see her soon, but everything happens for a reason, and um, this will bring my family closer together. And um, you know, we'll find ways to keep you know her name and her memory alive and her legacy, you know, strong. So, yeah, yeah. No, it is. Uh, it is. It, it's. I. I. One of my. One of our. One of my friends, and you know him as well. He actually just put his grandmother to rest as well. It's an interesting place to be in uh, when we get to the age that we are, because now we're. Yeah, late thirties. Seeing there. people. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We're seeing people that we grew up under. Um, get get older in age as obviously we're getting older too, but I don't think we're we're not thinking about our mortality at our age. But no, I take it for granted, man. We take it for yeah. granted. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, you know, best wishes and may, may she rest in peace. And uh, I hope there's uh, some uh, solace you find uh, with all the ceremonies that will be happening this upcoming weekend. Uh, when we come back next week with more Inside the Green Room, we'll be continuing to dive into the NBA and more into the life of three-time champion Danny Green. We'll see you guys next time.